We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review presented by Emprise Bank. An Emprise Bank debit card is good anywhere. You have access to 55,000 fee free ATMs worldwide through the All Point ATM network. You can get the same kind of access to your money as any bank across the country while getting the value of working with a trusted partner in Emprise Bank. That is Emprise Bank member FDIC. I am not here with Scott Chase and thank God. I have upgraded today with Michael Swain of uh, 24-7 Sports, Fog.net. Absolutely wonderful work that he is doing. Is it still technically Fog.net? Is that is that redirect work? Oh yeah, it still works. It's still I'm checking works. right now. I just want to make sure <laughs> I was. I just want to make sure I was doing that. Kansas, it, they, they do wonderful work in 24/7 sports. Michael, you know how I feel about you, buddy. Uh, I, I'm excited to ha- talk to you again. I want to know how excited you are to be covering a team going to a bowl game. Super exciting. Uh, it's a great and fun experience to do it. Personally, wish we may push back some of the available dates for KU, maybe a little bit further removed from Christmas, but beggars can't be choosers when it comes to the bowl games. So definitely really excited for December overall signing day and then leading into some of the bowl coverage. Exciting time to be able to cover some football as well in addition to basketball. How surprised are you? Because, I mean, you're pretty close to the program. Like, you, you, you're there. You're very active and, and aware and involved. Um covering that football team. How surprised are you that this team made it? Pretty surprised. I think people people in the building are surprised. I I don't think anyone expected it to go like this because I think heading into the season, you looked at this roster and said, okay, they can compete in a lot of games and be around, but can they kind of make some of those winning plays and, and be able to overcome adversity for a program that really hasn't done that super well over the last 10 years and for them to do it so much early in the season, I think it was super impressive. You know, you look at the the West Virginia game, the Houston game, even a game like the Iowa state one where you got some luck, right? Their kicker missed three field goals, but you were in the game and that's all you can ask for. So I I am surprised. Um, I think the way that the second half of the season is maybe a little bit closer to what I thought the whole season would be like. 
but you don't give back wins in college football. So they're able to benefit from those bowl practices. Even if I think myself and people around the program heading into the season, didn't think this was necessarily um, super attainable as a goal. I uh, I'm never apologizing for a victory. And look, if, if KU plays uh, Oklahoma without Dylan Gabriel, that's a win too. So like, I think it all could have come out in the wash. Everybody got a little bit of luck here and there. I think that's the nature of college football. And I think there's just been a decade where I don't think Kansas fans probably understand that because there, there hasn't been any luck. There hasn't really been any opportunity for luck to rear its head because they haven't been good enough to take advantage of good opportunities. And this team was, and like, I think that speaks a lot, a lot to this, you know, to this program and what they've done. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out, out to you, Swain. I think, um, I think this, I think this, the way this season has gone is kind of a reflection of where this program is at this point, because I think you saw early on in the season when this team was close to full strength, where, you know, this team is working to build this depth. They're working to build a program with, you know, big 12 depth and physically capable bodies and all that stuff. But you saw early on in the season, a well-coached football team, that was able to 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 win a lot of football games because you know things you know just getting in the right rhythm and all that stuff. And but I think you saw a little bit of regression as the season went on because I think you saw the depth tested a little bit. You saw where maybe this team is still working to build to develop that program in the image of what Lance Leipold foresees as a sustainable model for mm-hmm. his program. Because you're not, I, I don't, you know, the depth gets tested, and I think that's where you're seeing. Hey, look this team is on the upward trajectory. They got a lot of talent. They got a lot of good football players. They can develop as good as anybody in the country. And they're one of the best coached teams in the country. But at some point, things just kind of start to, 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 to wane a little bit when things get tested. I think that's kind of what we saw in the second half of the season. Exactly. And I think a great place to look for this is the trenches. You look early in the season, you know, there was a, a crazy stat against Iowa State where Iowa State's yards before contact was negative. Hmm. Basically, KU's defensive line was dominating so much that the Iowa State running backs did not even get to the line of scrimmage before someone on the KU defense was touching them. And I think as the season has gone on, you've seen some of that discrepancy in the trenches. You saw it against Baylor, you saw it against Oklahoma, and you certainly saw it against Texas this past Saturday. And I think that's where maybe the next step is for this program, because I think you look at the skill position guys, Daniel Hyshaw was incredible and K's leading all purpose yard guy before he got hurt. And I think you're looking at that loss being big, but the trenches is where I think KU can now take that next step and where the building of the program has to take place. Guys like Sam Burt, Caleb Sampson, they're old and they've done their jobs this season, but those are guys that are kind of capped at their ceiling right now. And I think the next step is getting guys like Tommy Dunn and DJ Withers, those guys that maybe have a higher ceiling, now getting those guys the reps to reach that ceiling and maybe close that gap on an Oklahoma or a Baylor or a Texas. Because I think you saw at the line of scrimmage, KU can hang with West Virginia. They can hang with the Iowa State. I mean, heck, they, they basically hung with TCU for a good amount of the game. At least the offensive line did. So there are a fair amount of programs in the Big 12 that right now Kansas can deal with. And you consider the fact that offensively you're basically going to return everyone outside of you know, Earl Bostic and you've got a former five-star recruit in Logan Brown committed to the team right now. 
that's a pretty good replacement. So I think you're right. This is kind of exactly where I think Lance Leipold would want the program to be. You know, you, if you want to build a consistent winner, you have to have those bowl practices. Those are so important yes. to getting young guys developed to not even, it doesn't even matter for guys like Rich Miller on defense, right? It matters more for some of those secondary guys. Think about someone like Tristan Fletcher, um, a Juco transfer who will probably be a contributor next season as a rotational guy. Like it's important for him or for Ethan Vasco. For guys like that, you get those extra bowl practices. And so that's why it's so crucial that they made it. And I think just now you look offensively, Jalen Daniels will be back and you've got basically all your skill position guys will be back to Daniel Highshaw will be able to play football next year. And then you look defensively, it really, if you replace defensive tackle and they're able to do that in the portal, all of a sudden you look at the defense and saying, okay, you know, we'll see what happens with Kenny Logan and his decision. But from there, KU will be able to return so much and, and just continue to build that depth. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's so much going back. I'm trying not to geek out too much about the future of this program because I think, you know, they're the darlings of college football this year. I think that'll play well as they're looking, you know, into the portal. I think they'll be able to appeal to some people. Um, I, I, but what you're saying about getting getting that extra month of practice—that's the thing I've I've harped on a lot here mm -hmm. on this show—is just like, like the the opportunity for this team to grow, build, develop. That's you know, and it's not necessarily it's not spring ball, but it's you know a chance to you know to work on some stuff, to look at some different things, to look at some different guys in a different light, and. Like that's that extra month of evaluation, that extra month to develop is just, it's so big. And I, 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 I think I'm like in this lucky position where getting to do this podcast where I kind of get to put the fan hat on, I get to put the media hat on, but I get, or the analyst hat on where like it was emotionally exhausting to break through the glass ceiling of six wins, just emotionally exhausting as a fan. And I think a lot of people felt that too, right? Like how just exhausting it was to just hope and, and dream of that opportunity finally coming again for this football program. And then to just go from two wins to six and bowl eligibility before Thanksgiving and, you know, all this stuff, right? Just the the whirlwind. Hosting game day, 5-0, and oh, ranked for two weeks, I mean, all of these mile markers that if you had talked about the first five years of Lance Leipold's tenure at Kansas, you'd be pretty happy with a lot of these, right? And they just ran through all of them. So you've got this emotional exhaustion as a fan that I felt. But I just like, but I think like as a nerd of football, as someone that does like the analyzation stuff, breaking through that, that glass ceiling on from the program side Gosh, man, like you, like you said, it's the practice time. It's the recruiting. Like this is mm -hmm. something that be, the rapid, the rapid, like they didn't microwave it. I don't, that's, that's disrespectful to what they did. They just, they cooked a meal quick. They turned chicken, they turned chicken, they made chicken salad. Um, and I just, it's so impressive to see what they've done in such a short amount of time. And I feel like it's going to just, like, it just, it accelerates the trajectory of what this program can do potentially as early as next season there could be some very interesting conversations to be had there can and it's incredible because i think you think about you know what the staff can do in terms of the player development side you know that when you get players in the program whether it be as a, a sophomore or junior senior they will play to their potential 
I think the coaching staff has shown that with guys like Jalen Daniels, even some like Daniel Hyshaw, who had a pretty good freshman season, obviously was hurt all of last season, and all of a sudden comes out and is incredible. And you look at someone like Luke Grimm or Quentin Skinner, these guys that came in and have now all of a sudden developed so much over the last 18 months. And it's encouraging that you think, okay, get more practices in now. They didn't mm-hmm. have before. Yeah. But I think what the, the start of the season, game day, you can't underrate to the sellouts, right? Yeah. In October, the three straight sellouts. There were so many recruits that went to those games in terms of high school guys that left super impressed because all they hear about at their high schools or what they see on social media is, oh, Kansas, whatever, you know, it's a dump, it's blah, blah, blah. Well, they come and see it for themselves and they leave and I talk to most of them and they say, yeah, it surpassed my expectations. It was lit, you know, all the, all the terminology, all the kids use these days. And that's kind of the next step of what this season has done. It's almost accelerated the high school timeline where, you know, last year it took KU until May, six months from signing day to get a commit. And now here they are 13 months from the next signing day and they already have a commit. It's things like that that can also accelerate the timeline of getting the high school recruiting on track, which I think for someone like me is kind of my big picture worry for this staff. It's can they recruit high school talent? They've shown they can do it through the transfer portal. They've shown that they can develop the guys they have in the program. It's just a question of, okay, when these less miles guys graduate, do they have guys that fit the scheme, that fit what they want to do, that they can develop over the course of three, four, five years? Because that's not been what Kansas has been, right? I mean, think of all the JUCO classes that guys like Beatty and and Charlie Weiss signed that they're there for two years and they're gone. It's such a huge difference when you can have guys for four or five years compared to that time. And so I think that for me is almost the more encouraging part is getting the high school recruiting to the point where you can bring in these classes of guys that you like. And I think you can trust some of the evaluations that they do saying, okay, this guy's the traits that we like, that we can coach him up. He may not be refined right now. A really good example is Blake Harold. He's a defensive lineman from Iowa, six foot four, 245 pounds, has never played defensive tackle in his life, but he's going to come in and over the course of his first 18 months in the program, they're going to try and get him up to 300 pounds Hmm. and keep that athleticism. So that as a, you know, kind of a red shirt sophomore ish, he's getting 15 to 20 snaps a game. And then as a red shirt, junior red shirt, senior, he's a starter. And that's kind of the progression. I think the coaches want to see, and it all goes back to the ability to recruit the high school talent have these bowl practices to develop them and then put them on the field in the fall. And I think they've shown that they'll play young guys if they're ready. You know, look at DJ Withers and Tommy Dunn as an example. Absolutely. We're going to take a break and we will be back to talk more with Michael Swain right after this. I have a ton of things I want to talk to him about, about that recruiting. He opened up a Pandora's box, but we're going to take a break real quick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are talking with Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. Does an absolutely incredible job covering this Kansas football team. You don't know what you just got yourself into, <laughs> Swain. Because you just got done talking about, you know, like the, the I geek out about a lot of the, the roster building stuff. I The thing that has always been very intriguing to me, just as a, a football guy, nerd, is just roster building, roster construction, player acquisition, talent evaluation, all that stuff. I was very intrigued by what they did in the portal this offseason. Mm. And they nailed the portal this season. But I want to go back a little bit to some of the stuff you talked about. Because I don't think that this is the most physically mature football team that I've seen. And I don't. I, I think that's the thing that people don't realize or appreciate about what Kansas has done. And I think it speaks to some of the slow tailing towards the end because they've had to lean on a lot of young guys. And physically, it's been difficult at times for them to maintain success mm-hmm. for 12 games because this is just a ridiculous, physically demanding sport. I talked to Carter Stanley about it, I think, last week. People don't understand that the, the scouting or the, the injury report really doesn't – the lack of injury report creates no grace for these college kids because you don't know what they're dealing with. Uh-huh. But all that to say, I look at – this team's not physically developed yet, I, uh, yet, but they did a great job in a portal. I'm, I'm torn a little bit with the, the high school discussion, the high school uh-huh. recruit discussion. Because, yes, I agree that there is a value to building – a a you know building a pipeline of young talent that you get into your program from jump street you have years of of control you know quote unquote control you have they have eligibility for sure at their disposal and lots of it at their disposal but at the, at the same time like the rules have changed so much that i don't know if i feel super compelled to say this team has to nail high school recruiting classes every year because I do think that there's a path to building a roster year over year, turning it over, especially if you've got the kind of coaching staff that the, that the Jayhawks do, where they're able to integrate guys in a very clean, seamless way. I mean, they've got guys in the portal the last two years. They found a lot of guys that have started. And honestly, the reason some of these other guys have it is because the the, the talent development in in house with some of the kids like i look at the linebacker position we all thought it was going to be three transfers starting only one of them cracked the starting lineup and so like i see the player development in in, in the rapid growth there where i'm almost i'm tempted to say like yes i think i, I i'm never gonna like turn my nose at a high school recruiter and i don't mm-hmm. think that they shouldn't but at the same time i think that this team can figure out how to build a roster year over year regardless of the path they take. I think it can be a pretty organic, fluid process. I think the coaching staff would probably agree with that. I'm kind of torn on it because I think you look at the guys they brought in, and to some degree it's probably too early to tell on some of them. Marvin Grant, Douglas Amillion um, are two that come to mind. Okay, I think the key is getting them in for spring practice. Yes, and if you're not, those guys are almost a year away. Hmm. But if they don't have a red shirt available, 
you're burning a year of eligibility with those guys. And so I think that's the kind of the dynamic they have to look at here where I think you look, so let's look at the guys that have made impacts this fall. Lonnie Phelps. I think Kalen Gervin's been pretty good. Yeah. And, and Craig Young has been good. Yeah. Those three guys all came in the spring. There aren't any transfers that have really come in from the summertime and been home runs. Like sure. Lorenzo McCaskill has been fine as a depth piece. He's improved over the course mm-hmm. of the season. Is still somewhat limited physically for what the Big 12 is these days. But I, I think the coaching staff needs to find a fine line there where obviously there's reasons that guys are transferring from programs, right? There's a reason that Marcus Allen from Wisconsin is transferring. He's going to visit KU in two weeks. Um, there's a reason he's transferring. And usually these guys already have used their red shirts. So if you can't get them in for spring practice, it, you got to kind of weigh it then. Is it worth it? Because I think you look at some of the one-year rentals that KU's taken out and Lorenzo McCaskill, you know, Monty McGarry's another guy. Have they really worked out? I think you can say sort of yes, because the special teams depth is so much better. Like you can't remember the last time, like a team had a really good kickoff return or a ton of punt returns in one game. I think Texas had one of them on Saturday, but that was the first really good punt return in a long time. And that's because some of those guys provide that depth. But I still think you have to recruit high school because just with the transfers, the clock is already ticking on them. And it's a question of how long does it take for them to acclimate? And once they do acclimate, great, but how much time do they have left? And yeah. I think for me, you got to find the right balance. I think you can sustain – in terms of sustainability, do 15 high school kids, four JUCOs, and, and six portal guys. If you're thinking about your, kind of your 25 class, and that's kind of gone away for, for this cycle at least. But I think you have to find a nice blend of, hey, you have high school guys in the program to develop, but you can also go out and get portal guys to plug gaps like Logan Brownwell at left tackle – or to just provide really good depth. You think about someone like Dominic Pooney, who yeah. I think was brought in as, hey, competition and depth. And actually, oh my God, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> you know? He's good. There, there are times when that He's good. Happen. Yeah. And he's an example of someone that came in over the summer and boom, hit the ground running because he's he's really stinking good. He's a good so, football player. <laughs> I think you just got to find a, a balance. I don't think they can go straight 20 people in the portal every right. year. But I also think that there's no reason why you have to say, traditional recruiting class model. They have to take 25 high school signees and they can't do the transfer portal. I think in the modern day, you just got to find a nice blend of it. And I think that's what kind of this 2023 class will end up being. I think they're aiming for about 15 high school kids and then however many they can get to get up to the 85 as wild as that is to say about Kansas football, they're bumping up against the 85 this off season. It's a pretty good position to be in. Yeah. I, I, uh, and I, I, I don't, I'm not saying completely wipe the high school class away. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think like, I, I, I understand the concern, but I also am just, I just, I, I just, I have an immense amount of trust in these guys to figure it out too, because sure. they've just shown so many, the, the, the thing, and I think someone brought it up. I can't remember who, and I wish I could credit, but like, and we've talked about it a few times on this show too. It's just like, there's, I'm not saying these guys don't have an ego, but their lack of ego allows them to be so adaptive. Like, it, like the, the, they, they, their ego is not placed in the, in, in the wrong spots, that, you know, and they're just able to adapt and just figure out how to win football games with what they have at their disposal. And that, and just having that kind of blank canvas year over year, I think is just invaluable to building a football program like Kansas, where it doesn't have to fit in a box. You don't have to commit to one different thing. Mm-mm. 
you're going to, you're going to coach, you're going to build fundamentally strong structural football program. And you're going to run whatever is going to help you win on Saturdays. And like, that's where I just like, I, I, I feel like, you know, the two, two things, I think they, they've been really smart about the portal kids that they take because they give a lot, they have a lot more years of eligibility. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike Nowitzki could technically come back next year if he doesn't. I mean, if he, if he does, that's a huge win because he's going to be in an NFL camp as a, probably a UDFA would be my guess if not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just like just getting guys that can that can play multiple years. Kobe Baines is gonna get, get to play a lot of football for KU. I have a feeling. I have I have a hot take, Swain. Hmm. I am not sure that that Bryce Cable dude is gonna be starting for Kansas football next year. So I think I think Kobe Baines and Logan Brown could very easily wind up being the starting tackles for this football program. Just 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 what i've seen to this point maybe they kick him maybe they kick cable to inside i don't know but they've got i that's just one place i'm geeked out about that like what they've done to build and grow and develop that offensive line so impressive man like and that i think that's where that's one of the spots that just like is so impressive to me i continue to rave about uh scott fooks (laughs) but yeah he's great he is and you know i'm sure if you ask carter stanley would you like to play behind this offensive line he would say yes please yeah better than the guys i played in front of i'm sure i'm sure carter would want to would want to wanted to play for lance uh oh yeah oh i think i listened to i think maybe one of the first time he went off you and scott where he's like yeah i think i would like to play for lance like well (laughs) you know last year they probably could have used you but i think you look overall and the staff is very adaptive and what do you have to be in this stage of college football you have to adapt you can't try and fit square peg and round hole with your roster You've mm-hmm. got to be able to move and adapt. And I think Andy Koldernecki's done that this season. I think you look at the offensive evolution over the course of the year, right? Early in the season, it's triple option stuff. And then Jalen Daniels gets hurt, and it's kind of more the outside zone stuff you saw last year. And then Jalen Daniels comes back against Texas, and they kind of tweak some of the stuff. I think the ability to be adaptive, is speci- you know, specifically on offense, where that's kind of what controls the pace of play, modern-day college football. It's the offense, right? You look at Tennessee, how good they were this year. You look at, you know, Alabama with Bryce Young and, and Tua, right? You win with the offense these days, not necessarily with defense. <laughs> Iowa State's a great example of that. They've got one of the best defenses in all of college football, yeah. and they don't win football games because their offense sucks. Yeah. So I think this coaching staff has shown that they can, A, put their offensive line in a position to be really successful. I, I think Jalen Daniels' snap-to-throw time early in the season was one of the best in all power five. Those are the things that you have to be able to do. Don't put all the pressure on your offensive lineman to go block Texas's defensive line for four seconds, make mm-hmm. them block for two and a half seconds. And you're in so much more success. Yeah. So I, I think you look overall and that's exactly what this coaching staff is going to do. They're going to take their roster each off season, look at what they have and adapt. Yeah. The worry I have is maybe defensively, you know, what are they going to do? How is it going to evolve? I think you saw some of that this offseason where they went from kind of being a two-gap scheme to being kind of a one-gap, you know, shoot the gaps, get upfield as much as possible. Maybe when they get more defensive tackles that fit that, maybe that changes some. But I think just offensively, you have to have trust in the staff that they're going to, over the course of a season, tailor the offense to the personnel that they have. And, And you mentioned Kobe Baines. He played against Texas on Saturday. I think he played like 15 to 20 snaps. Something in there because Cable Do has been banged up lately. And 
I thought he looks pretty good physically. I mean, man, he looks yeah. the part. He looks like a guy that can play at this level. And you consider the fact that, yeah, Louisville runs some of the outside zone stuff KU does, but it's still a new offense. Mm-hmm. And here we are. You know, he arrived in camp late August, mid-August, and here we are in, in November and he's able to play. That's pretty impressive. And it's a credit, I think, to the to the player that, hey, he showed up on campus and it's just worked. Because it's not like he's getting a ton of reps during the week. Right. Like you've experienced what college football practice is like. Oh, it's I know. Early. I know about limited reps. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, Swade. I didn't. I was a backup. I know all about him. <laughs> <laughs> Did not mean to take a shot of you there. No, but yeah. I mean, no, it's true, it. buddy. That's it, why I'm in front of a mic. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's exactly what they do. And they use that time. And so I think it's impressive that Kobe Baines is able to play. And I think you're right. I think you probably will start. And I think for me, you look at defense fascinated to see what they do in the portal i think they gotta I, go get some new defensive backs and i think marvin grant will probably be your starting boundary safety next year i was gonna ask you the number one position to go portaling in for you michael swain is oh it's cornerback it's pretty simple kobe bryant is a good player and i think he's developed a lot this season man mellow dotson i, I don't i I don't like ragging on kids. I'll be straight no, up about I, that. It's but fair. it's fair. I just don't know if I've seen the same development. And I'll tell you what, you can tell a lot about what Lance Lable's not going to come out and say that they need new cornerbacks. But you want to know what does show you that they need new cornerbacks? Them hosting Lardarius Webb Jr. for a visit over the weekend, a junior mm-hmm. college cornerback. Mm-hmm. That shows you that what the coaching staff feels they need more of. And them also hosting some defensive end Juco guys over the weekend. That shows that, hey, maybe they feel like they need some more defensive end depth behind someone like Lonnie Phelps. And so this is why I love covering recruiting. Coaches are not going to tell you straight up what they need and what the positions they feel like they can improve on. But you want to know what does tell you that? Their visitor lists, yeah. especially the official visits. That shows you what they think that they need. And I think you saw that this past weekend, right? Two defensive ends, a cornerback, and an offensive lineman. I think if you're going into this offseason, those are the three positions that they need to fill the most. I 100% agree. Like, that's where I would be looking to allocate some of my resources, but get greedy too. I think that's the thing. You know, we physical, physically capable bodies, depth and competition is not something I'm ever going to turn my head at and and turn Mm -hmm. my nose. It's just, they they've got to continue to build that quality depth and they're going to lose some, they're going to lose some guys on the two deep. I do. I think at one point it was like 50 of 56 guys that were on the two deep. And I know there's that there's not, there's more than 44 guys there, but they like to put a lot of oars on their two deep. And so it was like 50 of the 56 that were listed on the two deep. I think were eligible to return. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, that's great. So all these young kids can, build physically like these young cornerbacks i think the physicality of the game is catching up to them a little bit um you get them a little bit bigger hopefully you go find some more grown man bodies at the position mm-hmm. i wouldn't hate to see some defensive uh interior defensive help oh still. yeah they will i just to continue to build like i think I, I think you need to make sure you have plenty of capable able bodies there edge i think makes a lot of sense oh makes a lot of sense um, and then, Hey, get greedy at, get greedy at a, at a wide receiver position. See if you can find a guy that can, can go be explosive down the field. See if you can find a, a, a just a different guy with the ball in his hands. Cause they've got a lot of really nice quality complimentary pieces. 
someone that can create a little bit for themselves on the edge, buddy. <laughs> you think any Kotelniki's in his bag now? <laughs> Just wait. Exactly. And I think when I think about this team overall, what does it need? I, th- I think you're right. I think if Douglas Millian maybe improves over the offseason, maybe he's got a little bit of that. I look at the team and it's weird to say, but it's almost like you feel good about several spots and yet they can still go and add. And, mm-hmm. man, you know, Lance Apple did not, not like my question during preseason camp about kind of over-recruiting. I used a buzzword that he doesn't like, but that's what they have to do now. And it's a good position to be in. You got a bunch of guys on the two deep that are coming back, and guess what? Go add more guys that can potentially play on the two deep. And guess what? Those guys that don't make it on the two deep at the start of the 2023 season, they're going to help you on special teams, and they're going to help you with depth over the course of the season. Yep. I mean, at the start of the season, you looked at the running back room and said, man, how are these guys going to get snaps? Well, here we are, you know, late November, and Devin Neal's kind of banged up. Hyshaw's done for the year. Uh, Kai Thomas hasn't really been healthy all season, and now Sevion Morrison got banged up. And you mm-hmm. had a, a walk-on, DeAndre Thomas, take a snap. Mm-hmm. You can never have too much depth. Right. And I think that's what this offseason is going to be about. Just continue to add more quality football players to the program so that instead of being a, you know, under less miles, there was a, it was basically hit or miss with recruiting. They either hit on guys or they yeah. really, really missed. Yeah. And that whole transfer portal exodus you saw at the end of spring practice was some of that trimming the fat, maybe. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but a little bit of that. And now guess what? You can go on and add more of that kind of lean muscle mm-hmm. is what you can say. If you're thinking about like a bodybuilder, right? Now they can go and add more players that can contribute to the depth so that maybe this time next year, you can look at KU and maybe physically they aren't as worn down and they're able to hold their own in a November game against Texas or a November game against Kansas state. And it's just another step of progression with the program. And again, it's just such a great spot for it to be in that we're not talking about, Hey, well, all right, KU's going to lose 15 starters. What are they going to do next year? No, like they can continue to build this thing. And I think that's probably the exciting part for Lance Leipold and this coaching staff. And and it and just because a portal guy isn't starting, doesn't mean that that's not an indictment on the guys that are already in the building. See the linebacker position this mm-hmm. year. Taiwan Berryhill was very good before he got hurt, and I mean it's he's been playing with one hand for a few weeks. And you know, Rich Miller is just a model for consistency. Oh, he was a transfer portal too. He's a portal guy mm-hmm. too. But I think a lot of people thought, hey, you know, he no, look, just because the portal guys don't start doesn't mean that the kids in, in uh the kids already in the building aren't doing, you know, earning the right to be on the field. This this staff's gonna they're gonna play who's best for this program. So I I'm excited to see. Hey, like let's see what this what this group can do. I'm excited to look. I'm excited to be reading everything on 24/7 as the portal opens up, as the signing day comes oh, here. You've got a lot going on, Swain. I do. I'm telling you what, December 5th, I'm just already bracing for impact of what that day could look like. It it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy and you know kind of that there's no transfers don't sign. So Logan Brown isn't bound to KU. Stop it. So it. It's not, you know, hey, it's just a fact of the matter. You know, it doesn't, it is not signed, sealed, delivered till he shows up to a class at Wesco or, you know, or Strong Hall or wherever he shows up to. It, it is not bound until he goes to that first class in like the third week of January, second week of January. So 
that's the thing about it, man. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy, but I'm obviously excited to cover it all. It should be a, a lot of fun to kind of track and see where the coaching staff goes. Cause like I said, they'll show you what they think of their roster with who they go after. Any specials that people can sign up for right now with 24 seven, that'll give them all that access to your sweet, sweet content. Yeah. Wait till black Friday. It's like our best sale of the year. It's like 75% off for Uh-oh. your first year. So I don't have the math in front of me, but it's like something under, under 30 bucks for a full year of that. And with the 24 seven subscription, you also get to go read all the other websites. So if you're really enthused in the Nebraska coaching search, very go over, head over to their website <laughs> and go check it out and see what they're putting out there. So it, uh, you can get access to everyone. If you want to look at what West Virginia's going to do when Neil Brown gets fired here in about a week and a half, you can go look and see what they're doing there too. I hope it's Jimbo for all of our sake and for every, I mean, just uh, that pays <laughs> a West Virginia native saw someone link to him. That's Michael Swain. I'm Ken Swanson. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been booth review. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.